0: think about a lot like there's something about when you first come to age like when you're becoming an adult in society and getting a tattoo like that's a big like that's a big thing and but i really like haven't studied it so i don't want to like speak out of term here but like there's also something so like old like deeply old to the earth about tattooing oneself like branding oneself putting something on you that's like important to you that symbolizes like the journey in the life that you've been on, and like, I should really just get like a big book like over the history of tattoos because I know nothing about tattoos. But there is something like true and deep and like honored about tattoos that I think is like just that's a that should be a whole other podcast. You know what I mean? Let's begin now. 360. I woke up this morning and I said. Waiting for a good day to happen, you know. Waiting around through ups and downs, you know. I I just said look.
1: And hello, once again, everyone. Welcome to A Breath of Fresh Life. I am so excited to be back. It's our first show of 2021. I am Garrett Hayden, joined by Andrew Lydon and Brenna Keefe. Hey, guys. how 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 is it going?
2: Oh, is it March 2021 or is it March 2021?
0: <laughs> it's good. It's good. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Very
1: excited. Yeah. Hard to believe that um it's been, you know, what a year since the since we've been all, you know, locked up inside.
2: <laughs> oh my god, a year ago today I was like, Do you think it'll hit us? No. No. Never.
1: <laughs> oh man. That's just so crazy.
2: Funny. Yeah.
1: Wow. Um so anyway, uh we're back, guys. Our fifteenth episode, first of the new year of twenty twenty one. Uh, today's show, we're going to be talking about uh, our our own separate uh, careers and our kind of professional journeys. So um, that's what that's what we're doing today. Uh, really excited, really to really looking forward to hearing from from both you guys um, for for this episode. Um, so yeah, before we get going, I mean, any any thoughts for Our first show, first show of the year.
2: Uh, No thoughts, just good vibes. I'm really excited. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 15 episodes strong. I didn't know that. I was really blown away by that.
1: So you can uh, listen to the stream on SoundCloud. I actually put together um, all the episodes that we've done, so it's easier for people to find it on on SoundCloud on my uh, profile. and yeah, you can see that uh, profile picture that I've plastered on like three different social media sites. <laughs> Tried to get that picture looking as professional as possible.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, wait! What, what? What is this picture?
1: Oh, it's the the picture that like I've put on Facebook and uh, Twitter.
0: Is it our? Is it like our three heads? Like boom, boom, boom! Like a like a three-headed
1: monster oh well no i didn't i haven't gotten that far okay 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 Okay. but anyway you can listen to you can listen on soundcloud uh you can follow our our twitter page you know i think one of the things we got to do for 2021 is like try to update that twitter page a little more often sure just start tweeting some some funny funny things
0: we, we could toss some things out there. Yeah, absolutely. So we, get, we get some, we get some uh, joint logins to that. We get that thing going pretty quick. Oh <laughs> yeah.
1: Joint logins, good god.
0: Dangerously quick. Oh man. <laughs> the, the touch of anonymity is all I need. So this my arm.
1: All right. Well, let's 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 dive right in, you guys. So. Um, careers professional journeys um either either of you guys want to start you know with anything that you're really itching to talk about
0: no i'd I'd say might might be the least interesting of the three i'll let you guys go first i was gonna i was gonna
2: suggest you go first drew because i still don't fully know what you do (laughs) um yeah yeah okay (laughs)
0: So um, I'll probably just keep like the names out of it, but I work for um, a three D printing company um, uh, based out of Massachusetts, and um, yeah, my role and responsibility would be like, just developing business on behalf. So like just calling on accounts that are prospective clients, and like kind of assessing where they're at, um, with, where their strategy is for additive manufacturing, and kind of like seeing if there's any pathways to. In housing our technology that would like be valuable to them, and if that's the case, I would pass them on to um, someone who regionally covers their area, and like you know, kind of pass them it off from there. So it's a very common um, kind of entry level sales job, um, all predicated on like meeting someone where they're at, understanding their situation, and like trying to um, bring value to them. So very, very similar to the job that we had over at Arrow. I like more more common than than you'd ever think. Um, So definitely still taking the principles that I learned earlier in my life, but that's kind of what I do day to day and all remotely with COVID.
2: Oh, wow. So you still don't go back into your office at all?
0: No, no more than like once a month. Dang. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Dang. So 3D printing, that's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I always joke with my buddies like, oh, I can't wait to get like a 2D, like this is going to launch me into the 2D printer market. (laughs) But no, yeah, it's been good. Actually, I, I leaned really heavily on Connor Ward to get, like, uh, I ended up, like, switching jobs, uh, came in probably like, late 2020, and I leaned heavily on him and Nick Morton. And actually, now I work at the same company as Nick. Um, so um, it's been it's been kind of a pretty joyous six months or so.
2: That's awesome. Is Nick an engineer there?
0: Oh, yeah. He keeps the lights on at that place. Like, if, if they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah one of us is vastly more important than the other Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah he's working on some very critical stuff uh (laughs) he's such a beast
2: that still sounds important though what you're doing obviously
0: and like 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 people like like there's like a like a like a whole company thing where you can like shout someone out for doing something like above and beyond that's incredible and Nick Morton is in that every single week someone's like Nick Morton is so amazing I'm like I know like we all know like he's so dope but yeah yeah Mo is the man
1: well we definitely gotta have
0: just throwing this out there not having to run this by him he would be a great guest
1: I was just gonna say that
0: yeah he would be a thick guest
2: (laughs) I would have a buttload of questions
0: now, <laughs> yeah yeah hmm. good. good 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 we'll have to target him um yeah so i, I think probably the more interesting stuff and, like the things that i learned and i take with me in my career like probably did begin back when i was working at arrowhead and i'm sure that'll be a whole nother um, um flow of topics there but i could probably put a bookmark uh, in what I've done, bef- it, 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 like what I've done in my career thus far, and maybe circle back to some of those early root stuff a bit later.
1: Hmm. I think actually, I just thought of this. It might be important for each of us to say like what it is we're doing now. Um, so you know, Andrew obviously talking about working at uh, Mark Forge. That's the name of the company.
0: Yeah,
1: gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff.
2: Well, I'm especially into yeah. That's mine. Garrett.
1: Yeah, so I, <laughs> I do um a podcast, uh not your average Boston sports podcast. That's on uh Spotify and uh iTunes now as of the last uh, couple weeks. Um and also uh run a uh like blog site that I uh launched a couple weeks ago as well. So a uh, couple things going on right now, so.
2: Heck yeah. Yeah. I didn't know about that blog site.
1: Yeah, so, you know, that was kind of a long time coming, I think, for me to, um, just start writing again. Um, you know, I kind of, you know, I'm not really sure exactly when it happened, you know, maybe it was during the pandemic that, you know, I was writing for that, um, ruins blog site and you know I don't know just wasn't feeling like I was really getting the most out of it um and so you know kind of since then it kind of I don't know I kind of was in kind of a like a weird spot in a rut that I felt like I wasn't you know putting myself out there wasn't doing enough to um I don't know make myself feel like I was making a making making a difference Um, And I talked about that in my initial uh, blog post on the site, you know, writing about how it kind of has been a weird journey ever since I graduated college, uh, almost three years now. Um, And so I felt like getting a site of my own where I could get my own thoughts out there and, you know, write about things that I'm passionate about and try to branch out and write about things that, you know, I never thought I would even try to write about. Um, Absolutely. yeah, and getting the getting the podcast and figuring out how to get that on Spotify and and Apple the Apple Podcast to try to get more people to listen to it and make it more more readily available to to people to for 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 people to listen to.
0: Are there any metrics that you're like really like um, using to like measure the success or like the uptick in like I know you've had a lot of new things like recently brought new episodes to Spotify, Use different mm-hmm. channels. Is there any metric that you're using to use or click rate or how long they are watching the videos or anything that you're using to guide or your barometer for like what is going well?
1: Yeah, so when you um, put a podcast, so this is for any podcast if you want to put on Spotify, you have to set up an RSS feed which basically allows you to, once you post an episode on this website, it automatically goes to spotify and itunes after after a certain point and so on this site you can look at the amount of downloads you can look look at the amount of listens that you're getting maybe per day it gives you like this is how many listens you had in the first day this is how many you had seven days later and so it's given me you know numbers of how many people have listened to the episodes Um, and so that's for the podcast for um, the blog post, you know, word or a blog site, uh, WordPress is great because it gives you statistics on the amount of views or the amount of visitors that you're getting every day, uh, you know, how many you're getting in a week, how many you're getting in a month. Um, and so that's been helpful. That's kind of given me something to work with kind of to gauge how interested people are. And I think I'm starting to realize that, okay, I probably need to start writing a little bit more frequently because I've really only done it once, twice a week. So that's something that I'm trying to trying to work on, trying to write a little bit more, trying to get some of the pieces a little bit shorter so that I don't feel like I'm working on a big article every single time I go to write. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm kind of struggling with that right now to try to get to um, smaller posts so that I can get out quicker. Right. And keep the, keep the level of interest up.
2: I know you said you're branching out in topics. Are, is there any, like, like what's something new that you've tried? Like, did you hate it? You know, kind of a thing.
1: So, what I, what I meant there is, like, writing about different sports that maybe I've never written about before. So, you know, obviously I've had plenty of experience writing for the Bruins. Um, but, like, writing about the Celtics, like, I've not written many articles about them, you know, about the Red Sox even. Like, not the biggest baseball person, but... You know, I want to try to make it so the website's interesting. So if people are Red Sox fans, they go to that site and can, you know, see what I'm writing about them or, you know, something that I'm planning to write. I'm planning to write some stuff about the revolution, try to try my hand at writing about soccer. So um, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm excited about it. But. Um,
0: yeah. That's awesome. Kudos to you, Matt. Yeah,
2: that's huge.
1: Brenna, yeah. hmm? right so
0: I so guess uh, run us through the current state of, of what you're doing for work and how you're liking it, how you're finding it, roles, responsibilities, things like that.
2: Um, well, currently school is a little hectic, so I'm a special ed teacher at a high school. Um, I work a lot with skills development with kids, like a lot of executive functioning skills. Um, And then I also co-teach English and um, history. So I wear a couple hats. Um, And then, you know, honestly, additionally, right now, I feel like I'm wearing 12 other hats. Like I'm also a guidance counselor. I'm also a parent. I'm also like responsible to meet with this group. But then I also have to meet with this group. And oh, it's not a red week. It's a blue week. Like it's it's just mayhem right now and some you, you know like some kids are definitely falling through the cracks and it's just so hard to keep track of each individual kid but um you know some kids are thriving it's it's impressive honestly because our, our we have a hybrid schedule right now so you are they split the entire school by last names in half so then half goes in for a week and then they're remote for a week. And then the other half goes in for a week and then they're remote for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then each week they switch a different set of classes. So like if it's a red week, I would only have English math and my elective and then study. So like that could be my week for red and that would be every single day. And then I'm remote doing work for those classes. And then the next time I'm in person, it's my other classes. So it's just, it's really hard for kids to keep track of their schedules, keep track of their homework, um, and we t- there's talks that there's, you know, reopening back up in May fully, which I am worried about, On to be completely honest, um, there's, I mean, there's talks of kids, like, eating lunch outside under tents, rain or, rain or shine, you know, like, um... Kids being fully in classes, but then needing to be next to each other with plexiglass in between each other, and we also have to wear masks, and then um, it's just, that is stressful for me to think about because I've been teaching my kids this schedule for so long, and it took me like two months to get them to learn the other schedule, so now transitioning them to another completely different schedule just sounds like absolute torture (laughs) so that is like my current state of affairs we're talking a lot of reopening so it's it's definitely a heated topic I mean a lot of teachers are scared because we can't get vaccines because we're working during the prime appointment hours or we can't schedule it because scheduling hours are when we're working or like my commute is exactly when they open up new slots it's nothing I can do about it I can't be on my phone while driving um so it's just like it's things like that, that are just on my mind more now. But um, honestly, otherwise, school is good. I love the kids. I have some really great kids this year. Um, Some really funny kids, a couple classes that are pretty high social emotional issues that I, I feel like I do very well in, because I do have very good relationship making skills. And a lot of these kids like trust no one, but feel like they can come and cry to me. And like, that's honestly not what I want at the end of the day, but it's a good goal to have as a teacher just to like be that person for kids. And like, I have, I mean, only a handful of examples. I'm not full of myself, but um, like I had a student email me over the summer and say, like, I decided to pick like this college and I want to be a special ed teacher because of you. So, like, that made me cry. And then I had another Mm. student this year who, you know, kind of came to me and was like, only my dad knows this, but I want you to know, too, I'm transgender. Um, This is my name. Um, These are the pronouns, if it's just us, but if we're with other people, will you refer to me as this? And, like, just never in a million years would I think that someone could trust me enough to be, like, the third person they've told, you know? Like, so I would say work is good it's it's a good thing it's keeping me going as the kids but everything else is just such a cluster (laughs) so it's a mixed bag but i think that the kids are doing the best they can we're doing the best we can you know there's some heat coming down from above but doing what they can
0: i have so many questions um they're, like, they're all about, like, schedule and mm-hmm. management, so they're not very, like, glamorous questions, but I do have a few questions if you take them. Yeah. Okay. Um, how many people do you have under management currently? If these are my kids.
2: Like, on my personal caseload, I have 21 kids, but then I have additional kids in my skills development classes, and then different kids in my co-taught classes that I'm also responsible for in those subjects.
0: So the 21...
2: I'm in charge of their IEPs fully. Like, their services get put in because I make sure they get put in.
1: Yep.
0: Hmm. I'm, I'm struggling to follow, like, exactly... So, like – and those students would go to and from, like, to their – so they will, like they, – they have their independent things. Like, they'll go to, like, their math teacher and their science teacher or whatever. But, like, the – at the end of the day, like, you're making sure they're getting to all their classes. They're having success in those classes. They're not falling behind. They have all the support, extra support they would need. Um, and you meet with them on, like, a one-to-one basis, like, during their study blocks or things like that just to make sure that that's getting ironed out. Mm -hmm. got you got you got you because one thing i was thinking about as you were having that like hey people are like struggling to get the schedule down and i am like just got this through them and now we're expecting a switch Mm -hmm. i thought i was like super disorganized throughout and i am disorganized but there's a huge gap in my opinion in like um like your first day of school like a student would get like a handbook with a calendar and they're like oh you should be organized this year like write down your assignments in this small agenda book i was like okay but like standardizing that and like getting buzz alerts to their phone or like something like there's so many management systems as far as like here are the tasks that you have and i think that uh, sakai or or, like blackboard or things like that like really Mm. help um but i was like i was curious like like, what's the, what's the management – like, what's the system in place to, um, like, get people where they need to be from A to Z and, like, feel organized? Like, that's not just you reminding them, but, like, is there anything built in that's, like, standardized and repeatable?
2: Well, teachers – so if they are remote and they have to meet with a teacher, the uh-huh. teacher will send out, like, a Google Meet class code or a Google Meet invite. So, like, kids will get those reminders Um, They get just general reminders if they have a class anyway. Um, Teachers will send out schedules. Um, But there's obviously, as one teacher to another, would be totally different. Hmm. Um, Some people use Moodle. Some people use Google Classroom. So it's not all fully, completely standardized. But, um, I mean, it would be nice if it could be. But it's just that you're right, though. There are so many things out there that help you track that every single kid is like completely different. Like I have in my Google drive, couldn't even tell you how many time management trackers I have just because every single kid is so freaking different that they're like, I don't like that. That doesn't work for me. And I'm like, cool. Let me look up 10 other ways to present this to you mm. so that it works. <laughs> like, and to be honest, I didn't figure mine out until literally this year. So, I mean, are these kids going to get it? Probably not. But we're going to try real hard, you know. And they they have their schedules physically on their phones always because they can access it through, like, their smartphones or if it's on their computer. And they're all wow. given a computer. So they got a pretty good setup. I'm, I'm honestly shocked sometimes at how kids, the number of reminders that they get and things that they need to do, and they just are like, I miss that.
0: Yeah.
2: Honey, I don't know how you missed that. <laughs> I sent you 10 emails and told you twice in class.
0: <laughs>
1: Man, these and kids that, today. That
0: was my first question. And then secondly, like, do you, like, at the start of a semester, like, say you have a, uh, like a, a student that is struggling to stay on top of course load, this, that, and the third, like, is it, like, the, hey, the core goal, like, like, from, the 21 students like is just to pass or to get them to call like what would be like is there like goal setting that's going on like how do it like how does that how does that like I guess what does the first meeting look like like hey you've entered like into like you'll be like under my thing like this is kind of how I operate these are some of my main things that I'm support you with like I don't know I don't even know where the question would be but like, how no, does that kind of, of like is there goals like quarter to quarter
2: yeah, so all kids, all kids who have IEPs have built-in goals uh, okay. for, them for like to obviously further their education and just to be successful. So the IEPs have accommodations and modifications, which okay. is what we make sure people give them. Yeah. Um, but as far as like yeah. the actual goals, that's what I track. Because like, I'll work – I have a class period with them, so I'll get to meet with them. I can do one-on-one work. I can do group lessons. Um, I do like an executive functioning group lesson with them so that they know what it is, because they all have it as IEP goals, but not a single one could tell you this, the eight functions of executive functioning, (laughs) like they couldn't. So that's where that's where I like to almost over educate them a little bit. But at the end of the day, they know like organization, time management, self advocacy and self initiation. Those are my most popular goals. And it's, and it's hard Mm -hmm. because it's skill versus will too. So, like, knowing a kid and knowing, like, like I know you. I know how you are in school. And I think sometimes skill versus will is either going to hit or it's not, right? That's me. Like, you're talking to me. Brenna, why didn't you do this project? I literally just didn't freaking want to. That's why. Right. Like, I get it. Yeah. It's pretty prominent now more so than before. Um, and it's kind of, like, becoming a little infection in our culture you would say um so it, it's interesting to see how it's affecting things but that is a big part of like what i do with goal tracking and checking grades and talking to teachers and making sure like if a, if i go over accommodations and a kid is like no one has ever given me guided notes and then every single red flag goes off in my brain and i email every single teacher and then i hump them down like oh that's a lot of what i do but the kids do get their own individual goals and they have their own like vision statements and their IEPs, which I love, um, give
0: some voice, you know, that's incredible. I'm Mm -hmm. like blown away by that. Blown
1: away by that. Man. I understand it a
0: lot better. I'm happy I asked. Yeah, me too.
1: All the, all the reminders, all the kids get these days, man. I mean, where, where was that when we were in high school?
0: Could use that for sure. You, you were, you,
1: you were, you were on your own in high school. Like uh, eight, seven, eight years ago.
0: Now nah, you have like your boy or like your girl, like whoever you attach, like, yo, what is the homework tonight? Yep. <laughs> yep.
1: Like, yeah, yeah. Or, oh, or
2: in the morning in homeroom, and you'd be like, there was homework. Yep. Yeah, yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. You know what? Mm-hmm. If
2: only I had used that stupid assignment notebook, because I would have been fine.
0: Yeah.
2: That's what I use now. I use a teacher's version of an assignment notebook, and
0: it's right. amazing Let's go. Yeah, I mean, just for me, like, uh, working off of pen and paper, like, I would write it down, like, hey, you have an assignment, and I just would not check that, but I would I would spend, like, an hour and a half on Twitter. Like, I, if, if everything could have been sunk up to a Google Calendar with, like, streamlined reminders for what is due Ooh. when, and with, like, a week out, like, hey, you have a... Your your term long biology project is due, and you get two week out reminders for big projects that are worth twenty percent or more of your grade. And you get every time it's twenty percent or more of your grade, you get a two week out reminder. Versus a ten percent or a five percent, you get a three day out reminder. Like what my grades would have looked like versus what they did look like. I, I think they would have been different. I mean, who knows? Because you're right. Will is a huge factor. Like just because you know does not mean uh, that it's going to get done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, if I knew, I totally would have gotten better grades.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If all if all the I knew,
2: oh shoot, I forgot.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, dude, if it wasn't for my knee, I would have made it to NBA. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Um, but Brenna, that's so interesting. There's just like so many different hats that that you must wear. Um, this
2: year, definitely more so.
1: Do you think that? Uh, well, I mean, obviously I know the answer to this, but like pandemic has obviously made things a lot more difficult. Um, what What would you say, like, the, is there one thing that you think like all teachers should be able to take out of this experience? Um, you know, whether they are teaching remotely for the whole year or tutoring remotely, like my mom who has been doing that all year. Um, or for, you know, people like you that are going into the, the classroom and doing remote also.
2: I think, I think the one thing every single teacher should take away is like compassion and, hmm. and really understanding that socially right now, kids are getting a complete 180 to what they should be getting. Right. And it's affecting them all developmentally and it's very evident and it's, hmm. you know, it's the next couple of years are going to be rough. It's going to be really, really rough for these kids. And I feel for them. And I think we're, we're doing a lot of like SEL, um, learning, which is like social emotional learning, hmm. uh, where teachers are kind of getting that like check a little bit,
0: like,
2: yeah. Hey, their grandmother just passed away from COVID. Like, Hey, this thing just happened and it erupted in her face. And now she's in a respite home. Like, Hey, this girl is suicidal we're, we're, you know, like there's all these different things going on. That I, I think if you don't take away compassion mm-hmm. for the kids and for what you're doing and like understanding, then you're not doing your job right. Is,
0: is there like standardized training that you have received um, about um, emotional intelligence throughout, like how to be mindful of these changes for the children
2: I actually did take a teen crisis, um, class. Hmm. So it was like, I got certified and it was like, um, it was a really long name crisis something certification. Uh, I should remember what that's called, but now I don't, but yeah, I took, it was like a whole, I did a whole course load on it and I took classes. Um, it was actually incredibly interesting. Hmm. Um, but it's not like it's not, you don't have to do it. It's like our, School offers it, and I just thought it would be a really good thing for me to
0: take. Wow. Yeah. It's readily available if people are like, hey, I'm really, I really would love to take that. That's, like, free and accessible. Mm-hmm. That's really impressive.
2: Yeah. they. It's part of our – it's called, like, NILS. It's the Natick Innovation Learning Summit. Um, so they offer classes for everyone, and then, like, the rigor of the classes is you get to pick. Um, I did also take a watercolor class. Nice. Where I just learned how to paint watercolor. So they've that's got so a cool. wide variety of classes.
0: Is that strictly like you have to be an employee or is that just a general public? <laughs> you have to be an employee. Oh, man. I can use a watercolor class right now, man.
2: It was like a mindfulness watercolor huh. class and I was like, this is sick. That
1: is so <laughs> cool. well,
0: Yeah. That First off, that, we should get that as a rotation at Arrowhead. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the easiest easiest carryover like can, can we just copy and paste that just straight into one of our art classes like <laughs> yeah. it was
2: nice it's very calming
0: I am blo- I'm, I'm really blown away by what I'm hearing here I mean I was not expecting um yeah just like so impressed with with these answers and, and how
1: this is set up so cool um Brenna it's interesting that you mentioned the uh, social, emotional learning, um, feel like that should be more of a focus, you know, in, in, in schooling. I think specifically in like middle school, high school, um, that I think that's so important, you know, not just now, but just in general too.
2: Yeah. I, I think it's honestly, even it's so interesting. It's really prominent in elementary schools just because of Hmm. like how motherly and fatherly you have to be to these kids. But then I think once they get older and then everything's hitting them from the outside world and at school, we just don't see it. And I think that it's becoming more obvious what these things are and like Mm. what these kids are crying for help for. And I think now it's becoming more of a practice. But I don't think like when we were in high school, Mm. this was not a thing. Like teachers did not care. Yeah. That my, you know, like, whatever happened. They didn't care. Sure. So I think that's the big switch now. I mean, not to say that our teachers didn't care about it. Right. because They obviously did. It just wasn't as open-minded as it is now.
1: Sure.
0: Yeah, I remember, I remember, like, all of teachers from 5 to 18, their core responsibility to me was teaching me decisions and consequences and being very good with their follow-through and being like, you did not do this thus here is the punishment that you learn like and just being so consistent with their follow through that it taught me decisions and consequences mm. that was like my biggest takeaway but like to holistically teach like this is what you're experiencing and actually kid like you're not the only person that's ever experienced this ever um you know that would have been so helpful and it would have saved me a lot of pain in my
2: And I think the coolest part about it is it also includes a lot of ways to teach kids in a social-emotional way where they are learning while they're doing it. So it's like you're learning about resilience. You're learning about caring about others. You're learning about racism. You're learning about, like, all these things that you should know that Mm. you don't really know until you get to college. And now you actually get to talk about them. And Mm. you get to learn about diversity, which is so cool, but can be a really awful thing to talk about in a in a group that's not prepared for it socially or emotionally. You Mm -hmm. know? The prep for it is crazy. Hmm. And it's it's such an odd comparison from when I worked in Rochester to being a Natick now. Like Hmm. very different schools, but social emotionally like the the population I was working with in Rochester was so mature social emotionally because they went through so much more Hmm. in their life so early on. Right. It's so interesting to see that comparison
0: too. Maybe even a third thing to add in, like one thing Garrett said was like, yeah, it's been like kind of crazy after I graduated from college. Like, that's a whole another thing is like through 5 to 18 or maybe to 22 if one goes to college, like it's all structured out. This semester, I'm taking these five classes. This is what I'm focused on. This is the sport that I go to after school. And when you graduate, there's no playbook. Um, and I think that that's another time at 22 or it varies for the person, but you have to once again um, figure out where you place yourself in the world, which is a very challenging thing to do.
1: Um, Andrew, I wanted to ask you something that I've actually been curious about for a couple of days, you know, since we talked about doing this topic. Um, so when you, when you, when you started at PC, where exactly did you envision yourself career wise like after like after you graduated? Like did you have uh like a like a set path or like, okay, this is what I think I want to do. This is what I think I wanna be doing. Um and did did that change at all throughout 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 your years there?
0: Great question. Um, um not really, man. So I would be to give you some context, like I went into, Drake had a line to think the the label had trouble marketing me, and I was between going to PC for marketing or management, and when I heard that, I kind of thought marketing was like advertising, Mm -hmm. so my freshman year, I went to PC, I go major in marketing, and um, halfway through, the guy's like, you know, I, I want you guys to know, like, marketing is not advertising, like, advertising is like, you know, writing the script for Geico, like, that's not this, and I was like, oh, then I chose the wrong major. Um, and I never changed it. <laughs> um, um, so I, I pretty much marketing is like, it's a very general business, you know, just business. Um, I still have no idea what marketing is, but it's just business creation. Like, right. There's, there's the top of the line, like creating revenue and there's the bottom of the line, which is like becoming thinner, like, right. Like, uh, from your supply chain and cutting costs. And so I was like, yeah, I'll be the guy that's like, that's driving revenue. That was always my goal. And, you know, that's what it was then. And I think that's what it still is. But, like, man, still to give you some context, like, what I was originally going to say is like, I'd be 18 years old in a lecture and I'd hear someone say something like a slick word or something that I really liked. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to use that at Arrowhead when I present. And so I was so myopically focused. Everything I learned and all the videos that I would watch, like, I knew that it served a purpose. And I didn't know why there was so much meat on the Arrowhead bone, but I knew that that was what I was supposed to be doing. And um, I focus all my development strictly to make myself the best I could be there. And it was the best investment I ever made as far as long-term growth. But um, yeah, from PC to now, really focus on like being the best version of myself, specifically that would translate over to Arrowhead. And like actually it's had just great impact on my career.
1: Gotcha. Well, thanks. That's a great, great answer.
2: Uh, Garrett, yeah. I was wondering, like, down the line, a true career goal for you? Like, what? Because I know now you're getting more into, like, blogging and podcasting. Like, is that your big end goal career that you want, or is there something, like, more that you would go for?
1: You know, um,. I don't I don't know you know I think I me like career-wise I don't feel like I think very like a couple couple years out from what I'm doing like I think I like to be comfortable with what I'm doing um, you know I think in the past I was a little too comfortable with what I was doing um, but I think you know I I like doing what I'm doing now but I don't know if I would say like oh you know, this is definitely what I want to be doing in three, four years. I kind of just want to see where things take me, you know, if I can continue to kind of promote my podcast, you know, even more, If I can promote my writing even more that, you know, maybe I can parlay that into a job, you know, writing, I think writing is kind of what I would like to do. But I don't think I would be like, Oh, like, I definitely want to write for the Boston Globe, I definitely want to write for um, like a hockey website, you know, I don't know if I have like a specific thing of this is what I want to do. Um, I think I feel like I've always been a kind of go with the flow type of person. So um, I really enjoy what I'm doing now and, you know, we'll see where that, where that takes me, I guess. What
2: inspired you to want to like get into writing?
1: Specifically? Um. It, there was there was some some change that i went through um in college that um you know and i don't know if it was a combination of a couple of things you know i just felt like when i was doing broadcasting so typically or well when i when i started at springfield i really wanted to be you know like a play-by-play broadcaster or some type of person on television and i just again you know similar to how i felt after i graduated i just felt like I wasn't really moving anywhere. I kind of was just staying stagnant. I was kind of just doing the same things. I wasn't really pushing myself the way I probably should have been. You know, there were, I would do, you know, pre and post game shows for like basketball and football, but like I didn't advance much past that. And I just was like, okay, maybe I need to try something else. And so, you know, having that, having an internship come up, um, early in my junior year at um, uh, Irish Sports Daily, they do written content for Notre Dame sports, that that just came up. And I was like, you know what, I might as well just see if I could try something different. And, you know, I just really, with that internship, and with another class that I took, I really just fell in love with sports writing, you know, going to, you know, doing assignments for class going to, you know, football games, or going to basketball games. And, you know, writing stories up and I was like, wait a minute, this is, this is fun. I really like doing this, you know, and then with the internship got really into the teams that I was covering. Um, And then my senior year got to go to cover an actual game when Notre Dame uh, basketball played at BC. I went there and, you know, wrote up a game story like I did, you know, when I was watching the games on TV and writing. And so, you know, doing that experience was awesome. And it was like, whoa, This is something I would love to do to be able to be a writer, go to, you know, some events and just kind of be able to experience things. Um, And so, you know, along the way, podcasting was always something that interested me because I really like creating my own content. You know, I think that I don't want to toot my own horn, but I feel like I do have a unique take on on sports and, you know, I kind of wanted to get my thoughts out there. Um,
2: yeah that's awesome I didn't know that that's cool that you got to like go to the game and actually yeah. write up about
0: it
1: Yeah,
0: I had a good I have, a, I have an interesting hypothetical that I would like to pose we don't have to answer it now but maybe towards the end of the episode once it marinates a little bit so when I was at PC to give you guys some context um there was a sales um like mentorship. So like, you know, 15 former friars would come in and say, Hey, here are the three biggest lessons in my profession that have allowed me to have success in my career. So I suppose if you were to go back at your age now to, you know, uh, speak at the, the college that you went to, like, what would be the three biggest takeaways to have success in your respective fields?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Damn. That's a great question.
0: And when I say takeaways, like broadest things, so like I don't mean ta- like lessons, best mm-hmm. practices, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. that's a very loose, you know, very loose guideline.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. I have two
2: of my three. Okay, I have all of them. Let it rip. Okay. The first one. Um, is to embrace collaboration, uh, especially in education, just because one idea is not always the idea, and someone next to you could be doing something 20 times better that you could modify for your kids any day of the week. Um, plus, just asking for help, I think, is an important lifespan. Um Two, meet people where they're at. Meet students where they're at. Um, you know, never coming in too strong or being too much one way or the other like actually just seeing someone for who they are and meeting them there um and then the third one is be a bad bitch and have tough skin (laughs) (laughs) because burnout's real and kids can be mean and sometimes adults can be mean and you just gotta have a really tough skin and roll with the punches
0: Mm -hmm. collaborate collaboration meet people where they're at, be a bad bitch.
1: Yeah. I think, I think one for me is, um, you know, being in the journalism field or sports journalism or, you know, however you want to look at that. I think for me, it's supporting other people, you know, that you are, you know, you work with or, you know, you're friendly with um, just important to support each other. I think that it's, I, it's, kind of goes against, you know, certain certain things in journalism where it's like everyone thinks that it's everyone for themselves that you're trying to do as best you can for yourself. But I think that it's really important to support people that are, you know, similar to you, like if they're um, in sports media or writing about things that you are writing about, you know, I think it's important to support uh, one another. I don't have I don't have others that just was one I thought of right now
0: alright so our rolling list is collaborate meet people where they're at be a bad bitch and support others what are yours? um so I think about this more than I care to admit like there's some things that you, you just get stuck on like you're always thinking about um so when I'm this happened to me twice. They had two, like, sales conferences, and I, I went to both of them, and I'd always hear them, and I'd listen to them and distill them, take notes during them, and I'd always thought, like, you know, one day if that was flipped, like, well, I, this is something that I think about a lot, frankly. Um, The same way, like, just Ethan used to give the speech to the volunteers, Brenna, and he would, like, remember, he would go off on the peninsula and, like, tell everybody, like, he had his own little thing during volunteer training. Like, he would... And I was, I was like, well, I wonder if I was the volunteer coordinator. Like, what would I say in those? I'd always think about that when I would daydream, I'd think in the past. But um, for this one, like, my big thing is like, let your life speak. Like, that's a big thing. Like, that's something that, like, if I were to get another tattoo, that would probably be on the short list. Um, but yeah, like, just like let your actions be the thing which people, you know, that speak for you. Like, try not to get caught up in what ifs and thoughts and talking about i mean it's a little ironic that we're talking in a long form podcast as i'm saying this but like let your actions be the thing which drive most of the things that you do and let that speak for you know you and your intentions and things like that um that would honestly be my biggest one like that and then and then oh and then secondly what i would say and I, i like i think it's like just enjoy the journey, like it really is a really long journey to get like Anything worthwhile and, like, where you want to be is going to take, like, a tremendous amount of work and effort and, like, sweat equity and failure and coming up into your weaknesses and, like, asking others for help. And, you know, it's really hard. But, like, also there's beauty in it. And it's – it's it's there's something about getting your face ripped off and, like, getting back into the fight and, like, winning the fight that makes it, you know, all the more worthwhile. So, like, enjoy your journey and just embrace it. Um, for everything that it is and mm-hmm. like try to smile through it and I think that um, there's a book that I uh, I gifted Daisy right as she started that um, the name's escape me it will come back to me uh, but yeah that's the book that I would recommend for, for someone starting their career and I forget that. I would, but uh, yeah those would be my two biggest takeaways
1: I would definitely co-sign on that second one yeah. um, if I were to steal steal one from you Um, another one, you know, and (laughs) another (laughs) one that's worked for me. Um,
2: Wait, what's it called? Oh yeah.
1: Sorry.
0: Uh, The the alchemist. There we go.
1: Um, another one that, that I would say is, uh, find, find ways to motivate yourself. Um, and I think you've got, you got to know yourself well enough to know that, you know, hey, there are certain things that do work. There are certain things that don't work. You know, I think that throughout throughout my life and throughout my career, I've had some some issues with staying motivated, but, you know, it's like find find ways that that will work for you. You know, don't do what everyone tells you to do. Don't do the things that people are like, oh, well, you know, this is a great strategy. Figure out what it is that works for you. Um, and so one of the things that is, you know, sparked my kind of newfound enthusiasm is, you know, looking for little things to be motivated by, you know, whether it's people in your own field, whether it's, you know, your, your friends and family, you know, pushing you, um, you know, it was a combination of things like a conversation with my parents about, you know, where, where I, you know, where my career is going and kind of what I'm thinking for myself in the future. Um, and you know appreciating other people that are you know media content creators and you know looking at what other people are doing and being like hey you know that's something that you know i could do or you know it's like kind of a way like a, a motivation type thing um and that's why i think it's so important to support people and be like hey you know i reached out to someone on twitter the other day that they have a, a website and i got inspired by that and i reached out it was like hey like was partially inspired by your site and, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, I think for me, you know, sometimes I like to get in the zone, listen to some hip hop and that really gets me going, you know, when I'm writing articles. Um, but I think the important thing is just, you know, finding ways to motivate yourself and know what works, what works for you and what doesn't. Love that. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
2: I just, I just had like a little flash memory of when I was in grad school and I would have to read like very long research articles and I would bribe myself with m um, ms <laughs> <laughs> Like every page I
0: could eat like three ms But did that keep you internally motivated to keep reading?
2: Hell yeah, it did. <laughs>
0: That's awesome.
2: <laughs> oh God, I love M&M's. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: that we should get that we should get that as a tweet we should distill those 10 lessons and get them like pressed out
2: yeah
1: that'd be a great idea um andrew one of the things that um you know i think about and gets me motivated is the pictures that i have in my desk of you and some of the guys you know have that uh picture uh that you guys gave me for graduation with uh derek's face like pasted in yeah Um, i know that that's funny but it's like i I look at that every day. I look at that, you know, little like diorama bulletin board that my aunt put together of pictures from graduation. And I see the group of us standing together. And um, one thing I said, and I probably said this in the group chat, but like a lot of people, a, a lot of you guys inspire me, you know, with what it is that you're doing, you know, whether it's you working at Mark Forge, whether it's Dom, you know, cutting hair, whether it's, you know, Mike. Finding, finding his way and, you know, doing all, all different, all different types of things, you know, or whether it's Derek, you know, going to the gym and really, you know, focusing on, on bettering himself. And I'll tell you like that, that inspires me, that motivates me to keep going.
0: Yeah. That's that external collaboration too. is like, it's got to be internally sourced, but then also having your support team that will build you up and give you some juice every once in a while, you know? But, yeah, I mean, it goes both ways, man. Oops. Oops. Yeah, they're talking about pictures, actually. Oh, man. I was trying to get it, so it was just – so I get it. Yeah. Can you guys see that? No. One sec. It's not great for podcasts, but can you guys see that? As I do can... see. Like,
1: That's like beautiful. That's beautiful. i
0: that to this, to this day. Yeah. I don't so, love that. that's you know talking about picture motivation and never forgetting who you are and where you came from Mm -hmm. Um, I could not agree more
2: Mm. Um, speaking of that actually never forgetting where you came from I have a tattoo appointment booked for March to get my arrowhead I love you that's awesome (laughs) that's
1: awesome
2: do you want to hear the whole sign it's cool Mm -hmm. yeah Okay, this is for the viewers, too. It's the I love you um, sign in sign language. And then it's going to be watercolor, like, paint on it. So, like, rainbow watercolor paint dripping because camp is messy but colorful. Yeah. And then there's going to be a medical bracelet on the bottom. And it's going to say ILTFC. Which Damn I won't wow. say what it means because it's a top secret. But <laughs> <laughs>
1: Top secret. I love that. That's awesome.
0: That's brilliant.
2: Yeah. So that's going to be my, my next tat. I'm really excited.
0: Well, I would love to go into your current tat, which I, I, I remember I had some thoughts on.
2: Do oh, you want to go to the yeah.
0: background on the – the, yeah. Again, this is brutal for podcasts, but if you can't brutal. see it, he's got some new ink.
2: Yes, it With is. New
0: ink. It, the, the ink is just getting dry. Um, but, but it's fire flames and we're we're very, very much in support. You want to give us some background on it and and what led to it? What was, uh, the impetus for it and and how you're liking it?
2: Yes. So it is lavender and it's got a little B on it. Um, and it was honestly, I saw it and I just fell in love with it. But, um, a big reason I did was so lavender was my great grandmother's favorite flower. Um, she was in love with it, obsessed with it. And so when she passed away, um, my mom planted a lavender tree in our backyard and it grew and every single year when it blooms, there is one branch, like one flower set that is pure white and the rest of it is purple. So like white lavender is incredibly rare. So we always say like, that's grand's branch. Like mm. that's her, that's her tree. Um, so it's just like really meaningful for my mom and for her side of the family. And I don't really, I'm not super close with them, but I would like also, they're always a part of my family always a part of my life. So I, it was kind of like that, that deeper meaning, but then I just thought it was beautiful and I just needed it. I love lavender too. I love bees. I love honey and bees. So I was like, I've got to get something like that on me somewhere. Um, and then actually I have another new piece of ink. For Valentine's Day, Kate got me this little guy, mm. and then she has a moon on her thumb. So we're the sun and the moon, and when we hold mm. hands, they open up each other.
0: <laughs> Aww. Mm. That's incredible. Thank you. <laughs> Big fan. Um, that's so awesome. <laughs> I was curious, when I first saw it, the, uh, the tattoo on your forum, I was thinking... It wasn't even a thought, but it was more like a question. Where's where would you put this in juxtaposition with the the tattoo you have here, just behind your ear? That you yeah. got when you were eighteen.
2: What do you mean? Like, yeah, give me a little more.
0: So it's like, and I, I don't I don't want to prime this because if there's not any connection, like that's completely fine. But like both of those, you got them, and you were like, I felt like like. This moved me at the time. I really liked it. It was a great representation of who I am at the time, and it also has like downstream like meaning, but then also like at just at its core, like I like the symbol. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I guess like what what was your thought process there? Is there any similarities or or how are you thinking about that?
2: Honestly, yes. There's a. It was one that I just saw it and was like, "This is beautiful. I want this on my body," yeah. and then like the meaning comes through the tattoo, but I definitely just found it. So yeah, I would say it's super similar. This, and they both were kind of like on the spot, like, hey, I want to get this. Two days later, I'm getting it done. Like that's this oh. one. I literally met the woman and was like, hey, do you have an opening? And she's like, yeah, Friday. And I was like, "Okay, see you Friday? Like it just happened. Hmm. Whereas like my I love you hand, the one that is the most meaningful, I have not yet gotten. And it's been how long since I haven't been an Arrowhead. But, like, I that one, I've been searching for someone very specific mm. who is, like, very talented, who's good with watercolor, which is incredibly difficult. So that would be why that one hasn't happened yet. But that one is going to be one that, like, this one, like, the I Love You Hand and the Lavender, two very different t- stories for the tattoos. Like, yes. one was very well planned, and one was, like, I want it. Mm. <laughs> I think about a lot, like there's something about when
0: you first come to age, like when you're becoming an adult in society and getting a tattoo, like that's a big, like that's a big thing. And, but I really like haven't studied it. So I don't want to like speak out of term here, but like, there's also something so like old, like deeply old to the earth about tattooing oneself, like branding oneself, putting something on you. That's like important to you. That symbolizes like the journey and the life that you've been on. And like, I should really just get, like, a big book, like, over the history of tattoos, because I know nothing about tattoos. Mm -hmm. But there is something, like, true and deep and, like, honored about tattoos that I think is, like, just, that's a, that should be a whole other podcast, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. No, Mm -hmm. honestly, there's uh, some cultures where tattoos are, like, badges of honor. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Yeah. Tattoos history is very interesting. I, I love, um, I love learning about them.
1: Maybe uh,
2: <laughs> master. I love that show
1: too. Maybe I should think about doing a, getting a tattoo. Maybe we do like a live episode.
0: Yeah, while uh, I'm yeah. getting it. That would be yeah. Just get a big breath of fresh life podcast <laughs> tattoo. That oh,
1: should be man. like just
0: a minimum barrier to entry. Man,
1: um, would
2: you ever get a tattoo, Garrett?
1: I I I've thought about it. Okay. I've never really you know really thought about it but I've you know tossed it around sure um, but, yeah, yeah um so I hate to get back to our uh our episode oh, yeah. um <laughs> but Andrew I did have a question for you so the the like field that you're in sales yeah. and you know all that obviously you know COVID has changed a lot of that but uh-huh. you know I feel like you are a person that works really well with other people, that you're a really good people person. Is that, you know, is that difficult because you're not really physically around people? Is that difficult?
0: I'm going to give you my straight, honest answer on this. Like, this is how I straight up feel about it. This is not anyone else's opinion but mine. Speaking out of just just myself here. Um, I'm going to do everything in my human power to never in office again. I want my numbers. I want to hit my numbers such that like nobody can ever tell me to go into an office because like, I was in office last week. There's like 20 people in office running around. There's it's and it's great. There's a coffee machine, there's kombucha, there's water, there's fruit. It's a great place. No problem with the people I work with. Love the people I work with. Love seeing them in person, love getting lunch with them. I think it's important in some capacity see the people you work with to break. I think it's so important to break bread with people. Like you have no idea. Like remember back in the day, Brennan. I'd always played the arrow and staff's got to get together and and just get hammered together. I could just, I still believe that I still think there's something about bonding. That's really important where you're not talking about work. You build a relationship. So you trust the person. And I don't know how you would do that at home, but as far as like day-to-day productivity, and what I can do with my bandwidth when I'm working from home versus working in person. Like, my little monkey brain just cannot handle 30 people around me <laughs> having conversations and this, that, and the third. Like, I just can't handle it, man. And when I'm at home and I get to, like, schedule the day I want to and, like, work in my pajamas and, like, take a five-minute coffee break and have no commute so I can, like, work – I'm working more hours than I've ever worked and I've never felt more comfortable and less burnt out. Hmm. You know, so uh, to me I would give a 10 I've never been happier working professionally than I have when, it, when I'm 100% remote and again that's just my experience um, but I will certainly be designing a life where I'm working in Zoomtopia at, at least that's my truth right now but Ooh. yeah that, that's really do that how I feel I'm very pro and like sorry the last thing is like and you'll see this like and there's a lot of data out already but the data is going to come back that people and I've never been more productive at and if, if I'm a case study of this, this is going to be true across every single industry, across every space, at least in business. Um, the amount of revenue that I can create, the amount of, like it's going to be profitable, and when it's profitable, it's the same way with like diversifying a boardroom. Like, yeah, it's a good idea in principle, but like as soon as it's profitable, which it is, and it's been proven that it is, it happens. And I think it's the same thing with a lot of other ideas. And I think it's that that's what we're going to see mm-hmm. in this case. Very confident about that. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, that's really interesting. I did not I did not think that would be your answer.
1: Hmm.
2: But I, I I totally understand and see why it is and I get how it works. I totally get how it works. I'm like hmm. so the opposite. I like need two hundred voices around me for me to get anything done. Hmm. <laughs> I need that like white noise conversation.
1: There you go.
0: Yeah, I mean then I, uh, and I, I guess like one thing I would definitely immediately like to amend is like in every single vertical everywhere like no like if I was at camp like if you put me in a zoom and trying to work with like some of our clients like, like we've just been like the worst thing ever so um, you know in my small pocket that I work and that's my experience but yeah certainly not like conducive to every job and profession like a physical therapist would struggle over zoom <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, so I'd like to put a huge asterisk on that. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's another really interesting thing, man. It's like people are gonna really look at this time, and it's gonna be this is the amount of stillness that that humans have never experienced in our lifetime, mm-hmm. and like. What is going to come out of the stillness? Like there was a huge, um, like civil rights movement that I think is still happening, and like, and like that's one of them. But like, how many, you know, things are going to be spurned out of this? Like, remember the Roaring Twenties, like in the, in the 1920s. Like, what's going to be the social ramifications of of this? How is it going to change? I mean, if you just change how people work, like if that's a huge change. Like, oh, from mm. here on out, like everybody worked remotely. Like that would be a catastrophic change that no one would have seen five years out from now. So yeah. maybe that's one of them. Maybe the mm-hmm. way that we speak and raise our children about, you know, anxiety and things that plagues every person, like part of the human condition, mm-hmm. you, know, you look at what, where we are as a society and like, you know, everyone used to just go to church and like run everything through God. And then we lost God, which is fine. Like that's, that's science and everything. But like, that's a huge gap that like people haven't really filled in our time that we've been alive. And, like, if we're going to holistically look about raising children and, like, how they're socially emotionally met and, like, we can find a way to do that in the new times, like, that would be another sweeping, massive development. And, like, just thinking about these developments, like, it really inspires me. Like, how much positive change that, like, if we all lean into each other and, like, like Brenna said, collaborate, like, what could come out of this? You know, if we actually did meet people where they're at, collaborate with them you know find what internally motivates them like everything you guys are saying i think is the the blueprint you know the work uh, and in the work episode is to do the work and to move you know into these new places but um it's it's thought provoking stuff for sure
1: yeah definitely i don't have any more
2: questions <laughs>
1: Um, Brenna, I was going to ask one more question. Um, you've shared a couple of kind of experiences with kids that like, just totally blow my mind. Like, um, so I think I'm curious about this year in particular, have there been any other like experiences that have been really rewarding, um, whether it's academically or, you know, social emotionally from like a, a student?
2: I think honestly one one thing comes to mind is when I coached basketball mm. uh, and my girls there was like some drama on the team and things were being taken different ways and you know it had kind of erupted at practice and, and it was awful in the moment because I couldn't be there for like the rest of the team but being able to be there for that one girl was was pretty rewarding I would say. Um, and I think just by the end of the season, you know, what I had done had, had helped these girls become a team and like become more united and the girls that didn't like each other were friends and, you know, just seeing like their friendship grow throughout the season and knowing that even though that those couple days were really awful for me, um, and like gave me a lot of anxiety because I didn't want to do it the wrong way. I didn't want to handle it the wrong way. I've never been in a situation like this, um... But I did actually um kind of went back to my roots my my arrowhead roots, and we might have done the web um where we throw each other the yarn and we build a web as a team as a core. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a couple other activities that I just you know kind of brought in from like community builder things um and it just really worked like it was, why did you join this team? What do you want to get out of this team? Um, you know why do you want to play basketball just like very simple questions but then like I told the girls like very much focus on reading them and I was able to go through one by one and some of their answers were so incredible and deep and you know more than what I thought I was going to get and I think it just really enriched the experience and I'm definitely going to do it again because it it is unlike it's not like teaching it's totally different like that you are the end all be all you are the coach you I mean, you plan like you would in school, but then at the same time, like, I'm screaming them <laughs> to, like, do things, and it's mm-hmm. it's acceptable, and that's what I'm supposed to do, and it's, you know, like, I they get to see me get pissed at the refs, and it's a totally different bonding experience hmm. that I, I didn't think I would have. So that would be probably my other one. I mean, like, there's a bunch of little moments throughout, um, you know, just, like, a really bad day for one kid, but being able to get them to crack a smile, like, things like that, but... I, th- I think the basketball thing was a big challenge for me and mm. it was so rewarding. Like I love my girls. They're so great. And they're just freshmen. And honestly, we didn't win a single game, <laughs> but our last game of the season, we played Wellesley and our first game we played them. We lost by 45 points. Um, the next time we played them, we lost by 40 points and then we played them again and we only lost by 10 points. So it was a massive difference. We, um, one of my posts just felt it in her. It was just, she had the spirit. And with two seconds left, called for the ball and hit a three and brought us to that 10. The whole place was screaming like we just won the championship. We celebrated like it was nobody's business. And everyone is like, congratulations. It was was Mm -hmm. not, we did not single game but it was mm. honestly so exciting to see them be like at the end like oh we did so good like mm. just to feel that and lose like come on how many people can get that out of the team you know like yeah. it was it was really special so that was mm. my big moment i would say
1: i'm i'm so glad that you brought up the the, the the coaching thing um i was hoping that you would you would talk about that a little bit that's that's just awesome um, oh, i loved it is that something that you'd like to do again
2: yeah, definitely. Mm. I and I like doing freshmen. Yeah, I, I know I'm not gonna have the best win streak in the world, but, no, but... I mean they're so sweet and they just want to learn. Yeah, like really just want to learn how to play. Mm. Like, <laughs> I had a girl who. Um, literally would do her, her layups were like Michael Jordan layups, like the giant steps in between and like the big extension. And it was sure. so cute and innocent, but like, so obvious that she had never played basketball.
0: Oh,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> it's like little things like that just warm your heart yeah. beyond
0: was, was there still like the camaraderie, like the bus rides and things like that? Or like, was yeah.
2: Oh my god, they sing, they scream sing in the back of the bus.
0: Yeah, that's all that really matters. But yeah. they're still that like just horsing around, got nothing to do before a game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty special. Yeah.
2: Oh, actually, here's one other thing I forgot to say. <laughs> we just um the Natick administration got everyone, all the teachers, um paraprofessionals, staff, everyone, um this award. And every year they pick one teacher that's like the most exemplary teacher in the district to win what's called the Glass Apple Award. And this year they got them for everybody. So I'm now a Glass Apple Award winner, y'all. How
1: about that? <laughs> wow. Can't believe we had, we have an award winner on our podcast. Okay. okay.
2: <laughs> it's a little participation trophy-esque,
0: but I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> that Glass Apple, that's huge. Don't minimize that one more glass apple with me carrot guy
1: yeah yeah seriously yeah.
0: that's awesome gotta wonder if uh off the record if mikey's getting himself a, a, a yeah like, a 10 day, like 10 days they're probably 10 days one quick apple
2: I gotta awesome. ask, i'm gonna have to ask him that's, that's a pretty good
0: turnaround right there I have to get that on a resume there yeah. like 30 hours hmm anyway um, that's incredible and and yeah I mean I have so many questions about I know that I know we're probably running up on both of your time but I, I do nothing all day so I'm, I'm gonna always talk but, um, <laughs> but yeah we'll have to probably table a lot of the coaching conversations Brenna, yeah. but, and it, it'll even probably be richer because you'll be able to like reflect on it and like mm-hmm. really think about it and like I'm sure it's pretty fresh still but um, so cool that you did that and great stories
1: yeah seriously <laughs>
2: Yeah, I've got some doozies. We'll definitely save it. You both would love to see me almost get a technical. That's a different story. (laughs) Oh yeah, is there a
1: video on that? We'll
0: definitely be like deeply attending games. Definitely. Oh yeah. COVID times. We'll we'll like we would have stormed court at that last second three. Oh my god. Obviously, (laughs) and we'll probably be getting some texts as well.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) You're not. You're not kicking me out. I'm kicking you out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's funny. Oh, that's
0: awesome. Oh, um, <laughs>
2: uh, so many stories. We'll tell
0: them
1: later. Those uh, are good. Um Andrew, I know um do you do you have any uh questions? Any more? No,
0: nothing that comes to mind.
1: Hmm. Okay. Um
0: well, I would, I would love to do like the if there are any more questions though, like the one bright spot of the week. I would yeah. love to do that.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love hearing that.
1: From let's time. do it. Um, either either one of you want to go, or should I? Should I go? You go, Garrett.
2: I need to think right.
1: about mine. Well, you know, I already have talked about uh, the the website a little bit, but you know, that's definitely a positive and kind of proud of myself for getting that going um and really just putting myself out there i've really not felt like that in a very long time you know so that um that is great you know i'm just continuing to to write some stuff or an article uh yesterday um about the celtics um you can probably find that on on my twitter and my facebook um but yeah it's been really really rewarding to be able to get back to doing some writing, um, something that I've not done in a while. Um, my other kind of big thing, um, I got a uh, first dose of my uh, COVID-19 vaccine a couple of weeks ago, getting the second one on uh, the 22nd. So that's, I'm, I'm really happy that I've been able to, to do that. You know, it's one of those things that I'm glad, I'm super glad that I've been able to do this. You know, both my parents have, or one of my parents has gotten the first shot and then my other parent is you know, has a appointment scheduled. Um it just it just is awesome that, you know, we can all get vaccinated, you know. I'm hoping that, you know, everyone in America can, you know, experience that and be able to get um get the vaccine. Um, it definitely was kinda weird getting it, being like, All right, you know, it's good that I'm getting it, but also like I know how difficult it is for other people to get vaccinated. Um, But just really happy that I was able to do that and, you know, get that second one and be, be good. Hopefully. Heck yeah.
2: Drew, do you have yours?
0: I, I do. I do. Um, My, my biggest one I would edit, it always is a little cliche to, to tag like this conversation as like one of my favorite things that we've done but like i i really took so much from this conversation and what both of you guys brought independently and then also like just the the collaboration as Brenna said earlier but like how we can all like just discuss and like have so much fun together and just be such like just buds is um is awesome then also like i just learned a lot from this combo that i'm going to reflect on and um, really keep with me, but I really love this conversation and I'm really happy that we got to get together and have it. Mm-hmm.
1: Me too. Yeah, me too.
2: Um, let's see, what's mine? I mean, I'm a Glass Apple Award winner, so oh, I guess yeah. there's that. Um, but my, mine's gonna be something I'm looking forward to. Um, Kate's mom is coming this weekend and we're um, doing like a little St. Patrick's Day celebration. Um, She's bringing some Irish soda bread, which I'm really excited about. Um, Kate's doing corned beef hash, like, in a big thing. Mm. So I'm just excited for just family and relaxing. And the house is really clean right now because we've been cleaning it. So I guess that's, like, a double positive. Mm. But I am very excited to see her mom. I call her mom Nordog. She's so cute. (laughs)
1: That's fun. Awesome. All right, well, obviously, great conversation this week. Um, Looking forward to, you know, continuing this and maybe another episode. Um, Be exciting uh, getting back together again to do another episode. It's just awesome to be able to get back together with you guys, you know, now that our schedules are a little bit, you know, kind of know what we're going to get. But, um, yeah, hoping we can do some more episodes, you know, maybe get a guest, another guest at some point. Um, but great episode today, guys. Um, so for those of you listening, we'll, uh, talk to you, talk to you whenever you can follow our Twitter page. Hopefully we get a little more content out on there. Um, and you can listen to the, uh, stream on SoundCloud. So everyone will talk to you again soon.